What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB Gerard Bonner, and I hope that you guys are doing amazingly well in what is officially the second week of 2022. Thank you for your continued support on all things connected to The Faction, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at The Faction Show, and of course, for those of you who are subscribed to our podcast on Google, Apple, and of course, Spotify, thank you so much. Would you do us a favor and leave us a comment and rate the podcast in those spaces? It allows more eyes to get in front of what's happening, and that's a huge, huge thing. And listen, we're planning a really big year for you guys, so we want to grow our family, and you can absolutely help us do that so would you be so kind and if you've left a rating already and if you've left a comment already thank you so much would you mind doing it again right or encouraging those who you've shared us with to do that I really want to see what we're doing go into some amazing spaces and you can help us do that. So there's a lot to get into, as there always is. I want to start with AEW Dynamite from last week because it was a pretty big show on a few levels. For one, we had three title matches, which included the AEW World Championship, the AEW Tag Team Championship, and the crowning of the first ever TBS Women's Champion. You had that. You also had, speaking of TBS, AEW's debut on TBS, which was last Wednesday as well. And in light of a tumultuous week in AEW, this week was pretty important as they were coming off of a lot of controversy surrounding diversity. Well, by now, obviously, you've seen all things AEW Dynamite, and I'm not necessarily here to talk about the results specifically. I am here talk about the ratings and the ratings debut on TBS was a massive success as Dynamite pulled in over 1 million viewers for a 0.43 rating in the all-important 18 to 49 demographic. The show finished second place in the demo rating on cable for that night which is massive. The debut on Dynamite was up from the previous week's performance of 0.37 in the demo rating and of course there were a lot of things on here i mentioned the three title matches the angle between cm punk and mjf it was pretty massive and one of the big pieces of news that's coming out of there of course was the injury toward the end of the show to ray phoenix he has said that it was just a sprain and he'll be back in three to four weeks if you saw that injury you will know that that injury was akin to what happened with joe theisman on monday night football several years ago or more recently what happened during the Nitro era to, of course, Sid Justice or Sid Vicious. Why did I say Sid Justice? That was very WWE of me. Sid Vicious uh, in a title match that he had where he literally jumped off the second rope, landed on his foot, and his foot and leg went kind of a million different directions. Be that as it may, we look for a speedy recovery for Ray Phoenix. We congratulate the new tag team champions of Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. And speaking of new champions, we congratulate the brand new TBS Women's Champion, that being Jade Cargill. Now, here's what's interesting about the TBS Championship match. It appears as though the TBS title match actually drew more viewers than the world title match between Brian Danielson and Adam Page. Kind of crazy when you think about that. 
so with that said, there are a lot of people who are wondering what's really going on. Well, believe it or not, Dave Meltzer says, of course, that the match between Jade Cargill and Ruby Soho was a huge rating success. And his idea is, quote, if it beat Danielson and Page in most demos, which is unbelievable because Danielson and Page was the match that started the show and it came in off of a big lead in. So this really leads a lot of people to believe in the success of Jade Cargill, who quite frankly is a ratings draw, whether or not people want to acknowledge it. The ratings and the numbers don't lie. But here's what's interesting. After that really crazy week that AEW had last week, which involved questions about diversity and racism, etc., 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 here's the interesting development, and that is there was talk in AEW that they were not going to crown Jade Cargill as a TBS champion after what happened last week with Big Swole and AEW. Obviously, some folks decided against that and things went the way that they should. So here's what I think is interesting. I do think that AEW kind of put themselves in a bit of a corner. And of course, they tried not to acknowledge it, which I think if we're honest, you don't have to acknowledge what happened now two weeks ago. And here's why I say that, because number one, the wrestling fans memory for the most part, is pretty short. Secondly, if you just flood the marketplace with good and consistent content, it will push those things to the back of our mind. Isn't it funny how, of course, the big news item about 10 months ago was the end of that crazy exploding bomb death match, right? Which the match itself was great. The ending was horrible, right? But AEW gave us enough content and enough moments where most folks forgot that that even happened. It's not front of brain. So with that said, Jade Cargill as a TBS champion gets very interesting. One of the things that I thought about is it has really been since Goldberg back in 97, 98, since we've seen an undefeated superstar win a championship. Remember, of course, he won the U.S. title and the world championship as an undefeated competitor. Jade Cargill is undefeated in TBS. She's now the TBS champion, the first ever. And there are a lot of questions in terms of, okay, what does her title reign look like? Well, we'll see because AEW certainly has a stronger crop of women than they did when they first started. People are developing. There have been great additions like Ruby Soho to the mix. So this will get really interesting, I think, to see where Jade Cargill and the TBS championship goes. Now, of course, I'm assuming, and maybe it's a wrong assumption, but the TBS title will be defended on Dynamite. The TNT title will be defended, of course, on Rampage and TNT shows. And we saw over the weekend that a TNT interim champion was crowned. And I hope you saw my air quotes, right? As Cody Rhodes was not medically cleared to compete. So instead, they had an interim championship match that took place between Sammy Guevara and Dustin Rhodes. So I want to start here. I'm not fully sure why Dustin Rhodes continues to get interjected in these spaces. We remember the god-awful promo that took place involving Brandy Rhodes a couple of weeks ago, which added to the AEW fire, where Dustin comes out to kind of save the day. Now, maybe that's because there was no medical clearance for Cody and they didn't want to acknowledge it at that point. I don't know. 
But what I do know for sure is without question, Dustin Rhodes has been interjected into spaces that none of us really expected him to. Now, I won't say that it has anything to do with him being a Rhodes, because certainly as a wrestler, he's probably in the best shape of his career and does some of the best work now than he's done his entire career. Just seems like a weird move. And let me also ask this question. In many cases, for instance, let's go back to uh, what happened at the top of the year for WWE where Roman contracted COVID. They did not try to fight for an interim universal championship. They just put Brock in another title match. So if there was a need for a title match, could there have been a different title on the line? But do we need an interim champion if your champion is only going to be out for a couple of weeks max? So this right here is where I get into issues of continuity, right? Because I don't know right now, and it hasn't been said in AEW, you know, is there a 30-day period between when champions have to defend their titles or not? Is it 60 days? Is it 90 days? It's different in different spaces, and I don't know that it's ever really been addressed in AEW. So this gets very, very interesting. And if my memory serves me correctly, my whole theory about the TNT championship could be completely thrown off because I believe the TNT championship is set to be defended on Dynamite tonight, or should I say the interim TNT championship. So interesting stuff for sure. Obviously, there's going to be a title unification match at some point whenever Cody Rhodes returns. And I didn't know that it would be this necessary to have the TNT title on television, that we needed an interim champion. But hey, maybe I'm just thinking too much and that's possible too. Either way, should be an interesting night on Dynamite tonight as AEW looks to follow up all that happened last week with what should be a pretty solid show this week. That's a look at AEW. When we come back, I want to talk a bit about what's going on with Big E and a special announcement I want to share when we come back. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perception's reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people! I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. 
fast-forward a few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year is going to be mine, COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there is a them and there is a you, there will always be the S-H-W. All right, so if 2021 was an amazing year for Big E, and obviously many of you believe that because that story about African-American WWE champions was almost named the number one story of 2021, it was edged out by the return of CM Punk. So obviously what Bobby Lashley and Big E did in 2021 was extremely significant. How would that play off in 2022? Well, let's take a look at it, shall we? So Big E on day one of 2022 loses the WWE Championship. Big E then the following Monday night is in the fatal four-way match that was supposed to happen, of course, at day one. He would be on the losing end in that match with Bobby Lashley winning the match as he heads on to Royal Rumble to face Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. We then find out that Big E is entering himself into the Royal Rumble, which obviously is a tougher but yet direct path to the main event of WrestleMania and the WWE Championship. Then he ends up this past Monday night in a match against Seth Rollins, which at one point was supposed to be for the title at day one before it became a triple threat, fatal four-way, fatal five-way match. And then Big E gets pinned clean? What's going on with Big E? A guy who spent 2021 coming out of the shadow of the new day. If you remember, it was Christmas 2020 where Big E became the Intercontinental Champion. He would hold the Intercontinental title up through WrestleMania where he lost it, of course, to Apollo Crews. That set him on course by summertime to win the Money in the Bank ladder match and then, of course, cash in in September to become the double. WWE champion by defeating Bobby Lashley after Lashley defeated, of course, Randy Orton in a title defense. So after what has been such a successful 2021, all of these losses in 2022 makes me concerned. What's happening with Big E? I don't know. Maybe this is a setup to give him that kind of comeback for the road to WrestleMania where perhaps he could be in a title match. I don't know where Big E lands right now, and it's kind of hard to see. I hope this is not the same path that Kofi Kingston ultimately took, where Kofi Kingston would end up back in a tag team space, never really to be heard from again as a viable singles competitor. So what do we do now? What happens with Big E now? Is it too early to tell? I don't know, but what I do know is I don't like all of these losses for Big E on the heels of a WWE championship reign. So I think the road to the Royal Rumble is about to get very interesting for Big E. And the question is, what will Big E do? I want to get your thoughts on Big E. What will Big E do 
And should Big E be booked to get his rematch? Remember, Kofi Kingston did not get a one-on-one rematch with Brock Lesnar, and he didn't even fight for the WWE title for well over a year after losing that in 2019. Will the same fate meet Big E? I hope not, but certainly we're going to find out as the days and weeks progress. So let me ask you this. First of all, what were your thoughts on Big E's WWE Championship reign? Do you think that it really cemented him as a viable singles competitor? Did he need a longer reign? And was he ready for that WWE title reign? There are some who might liken his first WWE title reign to CM Punk's first world championship reign when he was in WWE. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, if you go back and remember that, CM Punk was still not considered the guy when he first won the World Heavyweight Championship. While he should have been in main events, he was often put in the middle of the show, but he wasn't put in the main event. And then his championship reign faded, and we kind of forgot about CM Punk for a while. Was it because Punk perhaps wasn't ready and they gave him the strap too soon? I don't know. But most people forget about that, given the legend that CM Punk is right now. So the question is, do you think Big E's title reign mirrored CM Punk's title reign? Or do you think that he was ready and just ran into Brock Lesnar, which changed his entire fate? And that wasn't certainly in the cards coming into January 1st, 2022. I don't know. Let's talk about that, though, and hit me up on the socials at The Faction Show and let us know what you think. Before we go... By now, you've probably heard the news, but in case you haven't, last night was the announcement for the 2021 Georgia Wrestling History Awards, where yours truly, along with my SHW broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield, were up again for commentary team of the year, and I'm happy to report that we won. What I'd like to share with you are some moments and excerpts from the announcement from the acceptance speech and an interesting thing that was said as well. Check this out. And it was almost a three-way tie for runner-up. And the runner-ups were uh, Noah Howell, Johnny Danger, and John Johnson, unfortunately, John. But uh, our, our winners yet, yet again from so- Southern Honor Wrestling were Brandon Benefield and Gerard Bonner. Congratulations, guys. Hey, thank thanks, you guys. guys. So I really much. appreciate it. Awesome. Thanks. How's it going, guys? Hey, yeah, it's good. How are you, John? Well, you know, I was doing pretty good till you guys got on the phone, and now I'm uh, I'm doing better. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> hey, Hilarious. what can I say, man? <laughs> no, hey, I, I work with both of y'all, and Steve can attest to this because I actually said to him in a private conversation. I was blown away working with you guys. Like, thanks, man. Listening to you guys work is one thing, but being able to sit there with you, like we did on Hell Freezes Over, was something totally different. And just really, the professionalism, y'all's abilities, amazing. How does it feel, guys? GB, go ahead, buddy. <laughs> thanks, man. Uh, you know, I, I think it's amazing. We are very, very blessed to do what we do. Uh, the the chemistry that Brandon and I have, it's just kind of 
it's wild that it just clicked as well as it does. And um, it's just really an honor to be able to do this, um, to be able to tell the stories of these amazing wrestlers uh, that we get to see both in Southern Honor and at the Nightmare Factory. And it's just really an incredible, incredible honor. So it's it's great. And it's just, I'm honored that we get to do this. And JJ, I'm glad we got to work with you this year. It was really cool. It was awesome. I wanted to do it again. Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Yeah, JJ, thank you for the kind words. And uh, just thank you to everybody out there that voted. And uh, thanks to you guys at GWH for putting on the awards and doing what you guys do as well. But, uh, yeah, like, like TV said, man, we just we have a blast doing what we do. And, um, you know, we said this last year as well, but we don't do it for an award. We just do it because we are passionate about it. We have fun doing it. And, you know, getting an award is just kind of icing on the cake. So appreciate you guys. And commentators often, when I was wrestling, um, were, were the worst of the worst because it was <laughs> usually the, the, the owner or the booker just sitting there with some dumb friend of his or whatever wrestler didn't feel like working anymore. And so he would come over and sit down, and the two of them would just sit there and shoot the shit and be horrible. But in wow. every one of the categories, we have, we're, we're talking about four or five people who are the best of a crop of people who are very good at what they do and are focused on what they're doing. And I think one of the things about about our winners, about Brandon and Gerard, is they are committed to what they do. They they have developed a chemistry. And even the, the stuff that you guys do for Southern Honor, like the pre-show stuff and all the rest of it, I mean – you can't tell me that the two of you couldn't walk onto anybody's set. I'm talking AEW, WWE, any other promotion, and and do your thing. And that goes for everybody who is on the list, too, in particular. And um, I, I think it's just a great testament to how Georgia wrestling in general has really come up, and it needs to be pointed out because you guys really are – consummate pros and you're good at what you do and you care about what people think i remember when i was there you both came up to me and were like tell us what you think when you hear us you know what i mean and i thought like man that is most people don't want to get hit in the face but you guys like we're not afraid because you're about getting better and being great and i think you've definitely achieved both Okay, members of the Faction family, you guys got the exclusive, right? Like, this isn't really public knowledge in terms of what our acceptance speech was, the things that were said, but I just want to say thank you for any of you who may have had the opportunity and were eligible to vote, and you did. Thank you so much. I have to say that we don't do what we do for awards, but whenever you get the opportunity to be recognized by your peers, it always means a lot. And the voting constituency in this awards were not necessarily fans. Instead, they were all people within the industry and within the Georgia wrestling community. So that says a lot when your peers view you that way. And I do have it on good authority that there was a pretty significant margin in the victory, which from what we're told is much larger than the margin of last year's victory. So All in all, thank you so much to Southern Honor Wrestling, to Gary Lamb and Dylan Freimeyer for giving us the opportunity to utilize our gifts and our crafts in this way. Shout out to my broadcast partner, Brandon Benefield, for welcoming me on two years ago. And we're making history. And 
I don't talk about this much, but it hit me during the process that I'm actually the first African-American color commentator to ever win this award. And now it's a two time thing. So I don't talk about it a lot, but that piece of history hit me and it's like, wow. So I'm excited. I'm inspired. And uh, I appreciate all of your continued support. If you guys are able to get to an SHW show this year, by all means do so. And whether you are or you aren't, make sure you check out our work on IWTV. In fact, if you go to independentwrestling.tv right now, you can sign up and get the first five days for free using the promo code S. HW. So go ahead and do that. You can check out all of the work at Southern Honor Wrestling, including all of our shows from day one up through SHW 35. SHW 36 is coming the first Friday of February, February the 4th. So you can make your plans to join us then. It should be an absolutely amazing time, which looks like it'll feature in the main event Owen Knight versus Joe Black for the SHW championship, which is The last time these two guys battled, it was a 30-minute classic that needed overtime. So I definitely look forward to that, and I hope to see some of you guys there. Thank you again for all of your continued support. Remember tonight, AEW Dynamite. Of course, tomorrow you've got NXT UK and Impact Wrestling. And then, of course, on Friday, you've got SmackDown Rampage, and then NWA Power is thrown in there as well. Now, once again, on YouTube, along with the new NWA USA show. All right, we're out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day, and we'll see you next time as we represent for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I my people, here we go.